good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Hello there and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. Today is Thursday the 19th of May 2022 and let's jump into that first story of the day. Summit guests ponder ways to revive Florida aviation sector. Thailand has proposed a regional COVID-19 vaccine certificate to facilitate travel between ASEAN countries. Deputy Prime Minister and Public Health Minister Anatan Sharavakul and the Transport Minister attended the Changi Aviation Summit 2022 in Singapore on Tuesday, along with leaders from ASEAN member countries and representatives of international aviation organizations. During a panel discussion on clearer and greener skies ahead, Mr. Anatan proposed that ASEAN country members should adopt a standardized COVID-19 vaccine certificate. He said he believed that if it was adopted widely enough, it would contribute to efforts to rejuvenate the aviation sector. In addition to the vaccine certificate, he also said Thailand will support policies on renewable energy that align with both the Carbon Offsetting and Reduction Scheme for International Aviation of the International Civil Aviation Organization and the Paris Agreement. The transport minister told reporters that the Changi Aviation Summit has been concerned with guiding the aviation sector's recovery after COVID-19 and hopefully moving forward the sustainable development of the sector to align with the ICAO standards. Meanwhile, the International Air Transport Association, that's the IATA, has urged Asia-Pacific states to loosen restrictions on air travel. The Asia-Pacific is playing catch-up to restarting travel after COVID-19, but there is growing momentum with governments lifting many travel restrictions. The demand for people to travel is clear. As soon as measures are relaxed, there is an immediate positive reaction from travellers, said Willie Walsh, IATA's Director General, in his keynote address at the summit. Demand for flights in March rose to 17% of pre-COVID levels after having hovered below 10% for most of the last two years. This is far below the global trend where markets have recovered to 60% of pre-crisis level. The lag is because of government restrictions. The sooner they are lifted, the sooner we will see a recovery in the region's travel and tourism sector and all the economic benefits that it will bring, said Mr. Walsh. He urged Asia-Pacific governments to recognize these stringent measures are no longer required. Well, it's good to see that somebody is speaking some kind of sense at this summit recently. Uh, When Willie Welsh talks about the pickup in numbers around the rest of the world compared with Asia and uh, Southeast Asia, Asia Pacific, you can see there is a huge difference between the rest of the world and what's been going on here. And mainly that is due, of course, to the governments in this part of the world being so reluctant to reopen their countries or remove restrictions. Uh, Thailand, of course, as we know, is one of those countries who seem to want to hang on to as much as physically possible. Even at the summit, the Thai government are proposing let's have another vaccine certificate app that all the ASEAN countries can use together. I mean, it's bad enough that we already have the more prom here in Thailand or 
you know, a different certi certificate system from another country, but they want to have another one on top of the EU digital COVID pass, which the MoreProm app here in Thailand is linked to, but they want to make another one. So Thailand's idea is to make more restrictions rather than make things easier. I think as we've seen around the world now that it's practically come down to the point that there are very few restrictions anywhere. I think pretty much Europe is open. You can fly nearly as far as I have done from looking at, you know, uh, the EU reopen app. You can pretty much fly anywhere in Europe now without really having to show anything. And that's the way it should be because even the daily cases here in Thailand, I think two days ago, 3000 cases. That's it. 30 in Phuket, handful in Chambury and Pattaya. So it is time to just forget. I don't even think at this stage we need to start showing vaccine certificates. For example, if you fly to the Republic of Ireland, my own country, you don't need to show anything anymore when arriving. You don't need to have a PCR test. You don't even need to show your vaccine certificate. I think we're pretty close to that everywhere else around the world, except here in Asia, which seem seemingly they like to hang on to as many restrictions as possible. But then again, we can look at the countries that we're talking about, Cambodia, Vietnam, Laos, Myanmar, countries where possibly democracy is not all it should be. So, I mean, having control like this is probably suited to some of these countries. But nevertheless, I put it to you guys out there. I mean, we all know that we want the Thailand Pass to be completely gone. It seems to have disappeared out of the news. No talk about it being um, gotten rid of yet. Looks like it's going to be kept for a while longer, forcing insurance on people and forcing this needless uploading of documents and waiting for approval. But I put it to you guys out there. Do you think it is time that the world pretty much treats COVID as endemic? and just reopens without the need for vaccine certificates or any form of testing anywhere and around the world. I'd love to know, guys, your thoughts, as always, down below in that comment section. Now, staying on the same theme, international flights at 20% of pre-COVID level, and that's now according to the Thai Airlines Association. Thailand's aviation industry has seen steady recovery in the first four months of 2022, with domestic flights at almost 100%, but international flights at only 20% of pre-COVID levels, the Thai Airlines Association said. The association president said international and domestic passenger numbers have been boosted by relaxed travel restrictions and the government's economic and tourism stimulus campaigns. However, it could take years before the industry recovers to pre-COVID times, he said. We expect airlines to restore more domestic routes and also new routes to tourist destinations in the remaining eight months of this year, he said. This is more likely to happen after the Thailand Pass is scrapped. Thai airlines this year were likely to focus on short-haul travel to destinations such as Singapore, Vietnam, Cambodia, South Korea, Japan and the Maldives. He expects them to start adding more long-haul flights from 2023. Opening of international flights still depends on the COVID-19 situation and screening policy of destination countries, especially in major markets such as China, India, Japan, Europe and the Middle East. The impact of COVID-19 would linger despite travel bans being lifted in many countries and most people being vaccinated, he added. It could take years for the airline industry to recover to the same level as before the outbreak. Thailand has seen a surge of foreign tourists since May 1 when it scrapped the pre-travel test requirement and lowered mandatory COVID insurance from 50,000 to 10,000 US dollars. However, visitors are still required to register via the Thailand Pass system and present proof of vaccination. Only unvaccinated tourists without a pre-travel test now need to quarantine in a hotel for five days. And moving along, Bitcoin has no future as a payment network and that's according to the FTX. Cryptocurrency exchange FTX founder has said that Bitcoin has no future as a payment network and criticized the digital currency for its inefficiency and high environmental costs. 
Bitcoin, the world's largest cryptocurrency, is created by a process called proof-of-work that requires computers to mine the currency by solving complex puzzles. Powering these computers needs large amounts of electricity. An alternative to the system is called the proof-of-stake network, where participants can buy tokens that allow them to join the network. The more tokens they own, the more they can mine. FTX founder and chief executive Sam Bankman-Fried told the Financial Times that proof-of-stake networks would be required to evolve crypto as a payment network as they are cheaper and less power-hungry. Blockchain Ethereum, which houses the second-largest cryptocurrency Ether, has been working to move to this energy-intense network. Bankman-Fried also said he did not believe Bitcoin had to go as a cryptocurrency and it may still have a future as an asset, a commodity and a store of value, like gold, the report said on Monday. Bitcoin touched its lowest since December 2020 last week after the collapse of TerraUSD, a so-called stablecoin. FTX, which Bankman-Fried co-founded in 2019, was valued at $32 billion in a February funding round and Bankman-Fried himself is worth $21 billion, according to Forbes. Now moving along to a story that you literally could not make up. Double trouble for sedan hit by uninsured police bus. Now, going viral on Thai social media is the account of a Bangkok sedan driver who, after being hit by an uninsured police bus, was urged by the policeman in the large vehicle to agree to being hit again by an insured white van so as to claim insurance payment. Now, that was reported in local Thai media. As related by the unidentified Facebook user, the head of the Police Protection and Crowd Control Division later called to apologize for what had happened. The sedan driver said he and his passenger were heading home, cruising along the middle of the road, and upon reaching a bridge where he was heading straight, the police bus cut across from the left to the right, hitting his vehicle. These are the details of what occurred. We were in the third lane from the left, and the police bus was in the second lane beside us. The police bus suddenly turned right, hitting us. The policeman in the bus said we should go to Nan Long Police Station to clear the matter, but we said we are waiting for the insurance official to come to the accident spot. It appears that the bus is uninsured, with the driver then negotiating with us, saying although he had a camera in the front of our sedan that recorded the accident, could a white van still be used to claim insurance? The policeman added that the white van would hit us again, and this would be recorded by the camera. Shocked, we insisted on waiting for the insurance man to come. The policeman continued asking three or four times to go to Nanlong Police Station and whether the white van could hit our vehicle. They added that the area in front of the station is clear of traffic. The insurance man arrived and we told him the policeman asked to hit our sedan again to claim insurance payment. He exclaimed that they were the police and sided with us. The police driver had already admitted being in the wrong as he had asked to hit our vehicle again. The insurance man and the police view the video clip in our sedan. The policeman came out of the sedan to say we were in the right. The police bus had cut across in a wrong manner. Additional information, the police bus signal light was not working and one policeman said he waved his hand to signal that they were turning and why did we not see that? We retorted that the bus is so big and our sedan small, how could we have seen it? Now. I don't know in any other country in the world would you find a police bus uninsured and then after having said accident that you ask the person who you've just hit to drive down to the police station so they can break out another 
police car that has insurance so he can hit you again and claim the insurance on that. I mean, this is the absolute tip of the iceberg when it comes to police and police corruption in this country and what's going on. I mean, how can the police not have their vehicles insured? It makes absolutely no sense. And considering this police bus was carrying quite a few people in it, it just shows how little the rule of law is thought of in this country, even by the people who are meant to actually implement the law and ensure that people are following the law, but yet they can't do the basics themselves. Anyway, that was just a very interesting story that I found on Thai social media, and I thought you guys might like to hear. Now, as a special feature of today's show, we are going to discuss some issues that may arise for tourists or expats here in the country. And what we are going to talk about today is the top five scams that you may encounter here in the kingdom. Now, as with many popular tourist destinations, scam artists use various deceitful tactics to target foreign travelers. While most scams are relatively minor offenses, some visitors have lost considerable amounts of money. If an offer seems too good to be true or overly convenient, it could be very well be part of a scam. Now, visitors to Thailand are advised to always be aware of their surroundings and belongings, especially when frequenting popular tourist sites and crowded markets or streets. Travelers to large cities such as Bangkok or Chiang Mai and other tourist destinations such as Patti and Phuket should be aware that tourist scams are most concentrated in these areas. Now, the first scam on our list is the gem scam. A costly scam that tourists fall victim to is the gem scam. Retailers claim that travelers can purchase wholesale luxury items, most often gems, and resell them for a large profit back home. Now, in reality, these gems are likely made from glass or synthetic material and are essentially worthless. Be cautious of persistent tuk-tuk, taxi and bus drivers who offer to bring you directly to such stores, as they are often commissioned by these dealers. The drivers will lure in customers from tourist attractions, often claiming they know of a special one-day government-sponsored sale. Travellers should know that neither the Thai government nor the Thai royal family own, operate or sponsor any jewellery or gem shop, so such claims should be ignored. Now, the second scam is the tuk-tuk or the tour bus scam. In some areas, tuk-tuk drivers, taxis and tour bus companies are hired to take tourists to certain shops, restaurants and malls to purchase items or services instead of their requested destinations. These scams can be a nuisance for time-pressed travellers and those who wish to maximise their time sightseeing and can cause anxiety for travellers who do not know where they are or how to get back to their hotel. Always give exact instructions as to where you want to be taken and decline any offers to be taken on a sightseeing route for a few extra baht as you may find yourself being taken to a gem shop store instead. Less than reputable tour buses may not visit requested locations or refuse to drop you off at your hotel as promised. So be sure to get advice when choosing a company to use. Sticking to public transportation systems in Bangkok and metered taxis can help you avoid this scam. Now, the third scam, and something we've always been told about here in Thailand, is the jet ski or the scooter scam. Now, jet ski and scooter scam occur most often in popular beach destinations like Phuket and Pattaya, but it has really been a problem in Phuket for a number of years. When you rent one of their vehicles, companies often demand your passport and or a deposit fee. Upon your return, scammers will claim your jet ski or scooter has been damaged in some way and that they will keep your items, including your passport, until you agree to pay their fine. 
Some agencies also keep spare keys for stealing back scooters locked outside tourist sites. You will likely be forced to pay a steep replacement fee, even if you purchased insurance. If you choose to rent jet skis or scooters, be sure to use a reputable company and inspect and document your vehicle for prior damage. Now, the Taylor trick, that's another scam that people have definitely fallen foul to here in Thailand. Anyone has been here to Thailand will undoubtedly have grown frustrated at the sheer number of people asking if you want a tailor-made suit or shirt. Whilst there are a number of reputable tailors in Thailand, there's also a fair share of ones that either won't provide you with your goods at all or will give you a product that's far below the level of quality you expected. If you're planning to buy a suit in Thailand, do your homework first. And in relation to suits, if you're staying at a nice decent hotel, always talk with the concierge at the hotel. They will be able to recommend to you where is a good place to go. And finally, another one that has cropped up quite a lot, the large bar tab. A popular scam in places such as Soi Pat Pong, it usually sees punters lured into dingy upstairs bars after being promised by a promoter that they'll get cheap drinks and free shows, such as the infamous ping pong shows. After you decide to leave the bar, you'll be slapped with a bill that's way higher than that you will have been expecting. It emerges that the drinks weren't cheap, the shows weren't free and that the promoter is nowhere to be seen. To avoid such scams, a good rule of thumb is to avoid such shows altogether and stick to bars on the ground floor that aren't dingy or hidden away. And if you do have a problem in Thailand with scams or something happens to you along the way, always feel free to call the tourist police. They always have English speaking people there who can definitely help you. And that's a little bit of information on some of the top scams here in the country. Now I'd like to ask my listeners out there, have you been to Thailand? If you have, have you encountered any of these scams? Or have you encountered other types of scams? And what advice would you give to first time travelers here to the kingdom? I'd love to know your comments guys, as always down below in that comment section. Moving along, an Australian falls to his death from Phuket Hotel. A 22-year-old Australian tourist fell to his death from the 11th floor hotel room in Patan district on Monday night. The dead man was identified by police as Billy Jane Simmons. He was found dead on the ground, face up on a footpath below the room at the back of the hotel. The name has been withheld by the police in Tambon Patong of Katu district by a security guard at around 10pm. Police examined his room on the 11th floor. There were no signs of a struggle. He stayed alone in the room. There was an open half bottle of Thai whiskey on the table, almost full. Police said it was likely he was drinking and fell to his death. The hotel security guard said he was on his way to the toilet when he discovered the body, which was taken to Patong Hospital. Police said Simmons travelled to Phuket with a group of 11 friends and had stayed at the hotel since May 14th. They were scheduled to return to Australia on May 28th. The Australian consular office has been informed. Simmons' friends told police that his father would fly to Phuket on Wednesday to take the body back to Australia. Police Colonel Sarit, Deputy Investigating Chief of Patong, said the investigation into the man's death was still open. Now, something that we have spoken about here in Thailand but still hasn't happened, but it has happened in Indonesia. Indonesia to drop outdoor mask mandate. Indonesia will no longer require people to mask up outdoors, its president said on Tuesday, as COVID-19 infections decline in the Southeast Asian country. As the pandemic is getting more and more controlled, President Joko Widodo said in a statement that masks are no longer required outdoors. 
but masks must still be worn indoors and on public transportation, he said, also recommending that the elderly and those with underlying health conditions or coughs continue to use them as well. The new mask rule was set to take effect on Wednesday. Indonesia will also ease testing requirements for foreign and domestic travellers, the president added without giving any more details. The latest easing of pandemic restrictions in Indonesia follows countries like Singapore, South Korea and Malaysia, which also dropped their outdoor mask mandate in recent weeks. Indonesia's daily COVID cases have declined since the last peak in February, although the government has said it is monitoring the possibility of an uptick after the annual mass exodus during the Eid holiday earlier this month. And finally, the Phuket News Daily Report. German tourists on the road to recovery. Medical staff at Bangkok Hospital Phuket have described German tourist Barbara Lang's condition as safe. She was recovering well after being rescued from the jungle in the north of Phuket on Monday, exhausted but otherwise unharmed. Violent teens to face criminal charges. The four young teenagers involved in the vicious attack of an 11-year-old girl at her home in Vichit late last month will face charges in juvenile court, the police have confirmed. And finally, woman 59 commits gun suicide in Kokao. Police are investigating the death of a 59-year-old woman who was found with a single gunshot in the head in an apparent suicide at a house in Kokao earlier today. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.